Hi again, everybody. It's me. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. I am JR Mann, and you are no doubt a wonderful person. Today is day 16 of the biggest social media fast where I reach out for 40 days via the telephone or face-to-face to the people that I cherish and love, and I get my ass off of social media, specifically Facebook, Instagram, and the Twits. I stop emoji conning and harding and just simply diving in every now and then when I'm in between shopping and getting into the car, and I focus attention on you. And that's what we all should be doing at the end of the day, because social media has stripped away so much of who we are and what we need to be to one another. Today, Carol Sullivan, broadcaster, television wonderfulness. She's been in the Cleveland market, the San Diego market, the Nashville market, regular on the Today Show. Her husband's an NFL coach, and we'll talk about that. She's got three kids, and she's probably one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet. If you need me, I'm JR, JRMan.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com.com. I'm a spiritual director, mentor. Allow me to help go deep with you. Right now, Carol Sullivan. Hello? What, what are you doing? Um, well, you must know. Just open up a water. And I'm preparing to speak with you about unknown topics. Um, we're recording, just just so you know. That's that's how I do things. I yes. Just, I roll right away. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> I was fully prepared to be uh, recorded immediately upon well, answering. Was that just a sudden assumption you made, or that's just because you know me? Uh, that was an assumption I made. Yeah. That, cause yeah. That, is that how yeah. I generally operate? Like, okay, here we go. We're not- well, you're doing a podcast, so I would figure, you know, you were calling me and then had everything going, whatever those things are. Yeah, right. Have you ever done right. a podcast before? Have you ever been on one? Mm, I feel like the answer is yes, although... What that might have been, I can't recall. No, I don't think I've done a podcast. I think I've, I mean, I've for sure done radio interviews. Um, yeah, maybe not a real, maybe not a real live podcast. This is ex- <laughs> well, this is exciting then. This is just, this is just definitely super exciting. All right, more tell exciting it, for uh, me than it is for you. All right, tell sure. everybody who you are. Hello, everybody. I'm Carol Sullivan. I live here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm co-host of the show. A little lifestyle show that we call Today on Nashville. What, what's it called? It's called Who? What? Um, you may have heard of the Today Show. Oh, yes. It comes right after the Today Show. So we call <laughs> ourselves Today in Nashville. Today in Nashville. NBC affiliate. Is this yes. a... Um, okay, so just so you know what I'm up to. So on January 1st, I decided that I'm going to do a social media fast because I'm kind of sick of it. Not that I'm over it because I really am addicted to Instagram at the end of the day. But I decided over the next 40 days that I'm going to do a podcast every day and reach out to the people that have really impacted my life in whatever way. And you... and, and I mean, not that you're part of the privileged bunch, but you you came to mind immediately. I'm so thrilled. I feel very privileged. And we're at what, like January 15th or something along the line? So yeah. I'm not at the bottom. Okay. This is good. So what? here's what's funny is people are starting to mark themselves by that. So like I talked to a guy yesterday and he's like, dude, why the hell did it take you 15 days to call me? <laughs> oh, wow. He felt the opposite. Well, I felt uh, I felt pretty good. I felt like, hey, like I've, I'm, I'm up there. Mm-hmm. This is good. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know if yeah. I want it to be like a metric thing. I just want. I just uh, if it's like an exercise and like, hey, we need to be in each you other's lives. But don't you think that's just the reality in which we live? With everything is measured. People are measuring their sleep. They're measuring how steps, how many steps they take, their caloric intake. Even though all these machines are lying to us, um, but we love <laughs> to measure things. So now. You fasting social media has now catapulted into a measurement of your friends. Oh shit! I so knew I knew in some you way you can't get away from it. I knew I you can't escape. I really see now. That's it. Like I really feel like I've screwed this whole exercise up in some way. Well, I mean, that's what you really wanted out of this exercise. Yeah. I think you're you're getting. I think that's the problem with trying to control any exercise, you're which right. goes into life trying to control all the exercise that we try to do. We try to control too much when really, what do we have control over? What do you control? Right? What's, what's your point of control? Oof. What, what are you in there? I don't control anything. Oh, you're I'm so the, full I'm of the shit. mother of three and I feel, I feel like I, I feel like the harder you try to control something, uh, the more difficult it can be. Um, so that relinquishes me of a lot of responsibility. If I let go of that. Um, but yeah, for the record, yeah, I mean, for the, the best I can do is control myself. Yeah. And that's in and of itself, as you know, a big task. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the record, that's super wise. It's super sage of you to be like in a, in a period in the season of your life where you get that any amount of control is ultimately going to screw you. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I've given up because, <laughs> you know, you, do those, you do those efforts, but when you're upon reflection of like, why isn't this working? Uh, sometimes it's, it's because that's just the way things are set up. Like we aren't, we, we can't program humans the way that we can, you know, hope that things are programmed for us technology wise, I'm really yeah. into this deep technology. You mm-hmm. know, I read the other day, I read this quote and I'm going to mess it up, but it basically says, um, I'm going to know what I need to know when I need to know it. Yeah. Which I thought was really good. Yeah. Super zen. Which was like, like don't, don't sweat whether or not you've learned a little bit of information that maybe you think you need to know, you know it when you need to know it. So yeah, no, that's you know, good. maybe that keeps us from gossiping or maybe that keeps us from whatever, but I like that one. You need probably your, got it, probably got it wrong. You need your own <laughs> podcast. You're fantastic. All right. So you, no, I'm, I'm on a podcast. Oh, you need your own. So, so here we go. So you are a television. Oh, we didn't even start yet. No, we're dude, we're in it. We're in this so damn deep. It's not, so you and I meet, you and I meet like what, like 28. No, how long ago? We'd met 20 years ago. 20, 20. Has it been 20 years? Truly? Is that possible? I think it might be. Well, it's no, gotta, it's close. Yeah. It's it's, close. It doesn't close. matter. No one cares, but a lot ago. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we meet 20 years ago at the NBC in Cleveland. And then the funny thing about our relationship, you and I, is we have been together now over the 20 years in three different markets. Right? Is that yes. a th- That's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just weird. So I, out of all the television people I know, and I either know TV people or I know ministry people, you are the only one that that is in that pocket where we've where I've been in other markets, other people. So that's just rad. That's just awesome. Number one, right? We've worked in other, yeah, we've worked in other places together. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, it's just great. It's just we worked in Cleveland together. We worked in San Diego together. Uh, and who the hell knows what the future has? Frankly, because I didn't think we would end up in San Diego together for crying out loud. Yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. Not and and on the same show. Yeah. my boss once again. Yeah. 
It was seems just, to be a threat. Yeah, it's, it's, seems to be a trend. It's a trend. It's a trend. Okay, so you're a television personality. You have been on the Today Show a couple times as one of their contributors. <laughs> Yeah. What's indeed. that like? Like, talk about like fun. talk about because like, most people aren't going to get on national television in their lifetime. Now, let alone a few times. What's that like being on the big set of the Today Show? What's that? I gotta, I gotta say that was pretty exciting and very and surreal and pretty cool. Uh, you know, to bring people in to just be contributors and and uh, the executive producer of the third hour uh, knew of me and. Um, and honestly, I think what was more interesting than, to me, not to anybody else, but to me, is the stage of life that I was at at the time, where I remember I was unloading groceries from Costco. I had three little kids, all under the age of five, and was really just kind of, I'd been taking a break from TV, and really just in the weeds of parenthood. And, and just kind of thought, okay, well, maybe that career door is shut and that's over. And then I get this call out of nowhere saying, hey, we, you know, just wondering where you're at and what's going on. And I was like, what? You know, next thing I know, um, you know, I go out there a few times. I think it was like eight times I was on. Um, but I think that was more unusual to me because I have noticed that, and maybe you have noticed this, now, when you, you think, and again, maybe this goes back to my control thing, when you think that a door has closed or maybe that stage of life is over um, and then doors open up, like I'm sure I wouldn't be the host of this lifestyle show if, or maybe I would, but they wouldn't have thought as highly of me had they not seen that I was on the Today Show multiple right. times right. Um, and seeing that, that, you know, I keep dipping into work. If they just saw oh, Carol hasn't been working for a few years, yeah, she was okay back then, but you know, uh, who knows? Um, yeah, but so that's it's a kind we, of interesting to me. We we do that too, like because like, I've taken a break from television a couple times, and so we tend to think like you know, like the penny gets unshiny. But you and your personality, I mean, shit, it doesn't. It wouldn't matter if you were twenty or you were sixty. You're still you, and you're still kick ass on television, right? Well, I mean, that's nice of you to say, but I think we all know that's like subjective, you know, to whoever's doing doing the hiring. And um, yeah, I just think that's been interesting to me because I've, I've come across a lot of people who, and gosh, you do too, certainly, especially with your ministry um, connections, but you come to so many people at crossroads and, and many, including myself, maybe thinking your next step is such a crucial step in your life, uh, only to kind of reflect on it later on and go, wow, that was really just kind of like a blip in the radar. <laughs> right, thing. right. And, uh, right. you know, I mean, unless you're doing something really outlandish and making some really poor choices, a lot of times the things that that um, we think are going to be a really big deal in changing the course of our life um, maybe doesn't change it that much. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe now, it does. Now, hmm. you also have... You feel also, very philosophical today. You're really bringing this out of me, JR. Well, I can't help it. It's, it's what happens. It's, it's the podcast. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. <laughs> the, um, so you also have a husband who is entrenched in the NFL. And from what you have told me over the years, this is not like a thing where he's going to the bank every day and then we'll see you back here at five. Like... Tell everybody what your husband does and then how that, because this is a thing like this, like every time you've told me about it, I've always been like, holy shit, that's a thing. 
Yeah, no, it's a goofy lifestyle. Being an NFL football coach is it's just a it's just a ridiculous uh, profession, and, and uh, watching how it works uh, through watching how he works, it's just like what this past season. I mean, there were. He will. He works seven days a week. You're and he's every day. And, and from, fill everybody in. He's he'll, he's with the uh, who's he yeah, with? He's who's, a <laughs> assistant. Yeah, he's with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> the Titans, the Tennessee Titans, and Titans. Tennessee okay. Titans. Got it. Got yes, it. Yes, Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Uh, assistant uh, offensive line. I should say that's what he is today. I yeah. mean, this is the prime time of the year where coaches uh, change around all the time. So as of today, he remains hired by the Tennessee Titans <laughs> as the assistant line coach. But this is a reality for so many in the in the coaching carousel, which it's called, which is uh, you get into a losing streak and going into December, you're not thinking about Christmas presents. You're thinking about what's going to Goodwill because you don't want to move it to your next house because you guys are all about to get fired. No um, kidding. But so, it's, but that's a thing, yes, right? Like that's a thing. So, for sure. so how, at the end of every season, so that your season ends, right? Your football team yeah. is not moving on. Yeah. They, then they call it black Monday. Oh my God. And black Monday, <laughs> because you have a game on Sunday and black Monday is, you know, when people are just escorted out of the building and, and their time is up. Sometimes it's prolonged by a couple of weeks. Um, but in general, it happens pretty quick and swiftly. And, um, and then you're, for some people, you're saying, well, is my healthcare up in the next three weeks? Or, wow. you know, you hear about, uh, the head coaches who have really big salaries or the coordinators who have really big salaries, but there's lots and lots of people underneath there that have a totally different pay scale. Um, that isn't even close and who truly, you know, I, I know families right now, personally like friends who everything changes by like February 6th of this year and they've got to find something uh by that time otherwise their life changes radically um so it is a really goofy business it's really goofy so and that's what happens after they work seven days a week since July something now when you say now and fill everybody in in, and fill everybody in so seven days a week like, what's that mean for Mike? He's waking up at four o'clock. I mean, he's going in, and 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 then how do you guys all do the daily rhythm? Because that's a that like I get television, and that was insane. But what you're describing is right. is crazy. Yeah, no, it, it truly is, and it depends on on the way the team is made up. But um, in general, uh, Monday through Friday, it's out the door before 5 a.m. You're in the office before 5.15. Wow. Um, and you're getting home at at 10.30 or 11 at night. Holy and then on Fridays, you do get out. Generally, you're out so you can see the family by 5 or 6 o'clock. But you're going back in Saturday morning, working Saturday morning. You'll get two to three hours in the afternoon Saturday unless you're flying away to an away game. And then they go to the hotel for meetings and and uh, night stuff. Spend the night in the hotel, and then the next game it's to the stadium. All right, so and, uh, I, I'm dying to know what yeah, the hell are crazy. they talking about all day? Like, like I like. Listen, you know, no, as, it's really it's a mystery. As you know, 
as you know, I'm a, I'm a huge football fan. Like I can't. Right, I, right. You are X's and O's like, all, all day. Like the NFL, like has me on speed dial just in case they need to talk to me about something. But right. but what the right. hell is Mike talking about? And I don't mean to be you know flippant, but what the hell no. are they talking about all day? I literally sometimes I'm like, are they reinventing the game? Like, what could be going on in there? Um, truly, it's crazy. But uh, every you know, I guess. In my very simple terms, they're, they're going in and they've they've got to quickly break down the game they played, uh-huh. um, which is usually not quick. Maybe, I don't know, there might be from 60 to 80 different plays. And when you're talking about offensive linemen, you've got to grade five different guys on every snap. And uh, then, then they review, then they, you know, they're looking ahead at their opponent, breaking down the habits and techniques of the opponent. And that. They could look at anywhere from six to sixteen games, and then you have players and that. And beyond right. that, I don't really yeah. know. All right, so they come up with a plan. Suffice it to it say, seems to take a lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> su- suffice it to say, you guys have to work around the NFL to get family time in. So, so, and and again, knowing Mike, like this is first off, your husband is a damn good-looking guy. He's really a hot guy. I mean, at the end exactly. of the day. He's a de- you know? And he's, he and really he's, is. What's annoying is it's even getting better with age. And I'm like, that's just a cool thing. It is. Men just, it, you know, that's, yeah. I always, I always thought... I always <laughs> thought... No, I agree. I always thought this about him because when I first met him, I was like, oh, yeah, it, it, it just serves... It just serves that you have to be tall, you have to be good-looking, and you have, your voice sounds great. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, and by the way, you're like a man football guy, and then there's me, like... Well, I mean, he did play professionally, so he did, they didn't just hire him for his dashing books. His well, I'm just saying, tall. I'm just saying, <laughs> shit, this, this guy could have done anything he wanted to with the good looks he's got. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah so well, obviously... He thinks about that every day. He's probably like, I can't believe I chose this profession. Well, <laughs> yeah. A lot of work. That, yeah, that's a good point. That's a real good point. Okay, so how long have you guys been married? We're going into our 14th year. Okay, 14. We're into our 14th year. Okay, so congratulations yeah. on that. Okay, yeah. so you've got three kids. Thank so you. I want to I want to do some mm-hmm. kid stuff too in here. So you've got three kids. Yeah. I think you and I, and and again, part of the exercise that I'm doing over the 40 days is really like because I've asked a couple people like, "Hey, why why are you and I together?" And you and I go even way beyond TV because, I mean, you you and I just always sure. connect, connected immediately. So when I think of you yeah. as a mom, because I met you not as a mom. I met you as a chick that would go out on Saturday night with a short skirt and yeah. white leather boots single. and dance on tables. I loved Single ca- Carol. Single Carol. Something along those lines. Yeah. Dude, I remember it. It was very, very fun. It was very fun. Um, and then, you know, I watched you get married, and it was awesome. Very happy. Because the guy was hot, so I was like, okay, great. And then you have kids, and then I'm like, yeah, Carol probably parents a lot like I do, because we're, we're, we're about the same age, somewhere in there. Yeah, we're, we're cut similar cloth. Yeah. So perhaps. give me give me a, a a top three list of like parenting definitely do's. You know, like what like man, if there's somebody out there that's yeah. got three I have three kids, you have three kids. If you've got three kids, like if somebody's listening has got one kid, what what are some do's for these people? Like like how do you take the burden off? You know what I would say relax. I can't stand the culture of fear. I really can't. The doorbell that's watching who's coming up. The uh, 
Uh, you can't you can't ride your bike down the street. The I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a text. Oh, I saw John on a bike. And I was like, I know he's riding. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Like, oh, shit, that's so um, we are, we are terrified, um, and, and rightfully so because the world's a scary place. Yeah. Uh, but statistically, it's the safest. Uh, statistically, it's the safest it's been since the '60s. Um, but you know what my son said to me, which was funny. He goes, yeah, but the people doing crazy things are crazier. That's what he said to me. It's so smart. It's so smart. I was like, who are you? You're the first person who's like knocked me off my soapbox with that. Um, I do. I, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lady out there. She's got a Twitter handle. It's called free range kids. and, And she kind of has been socially spearheading this movement of everybody just relax. And I, and I get it. Like I, I live in an area where I can relax a little more than, than uh, probably some other folks, but I would argue that we don't need to be nearly as scared as, as we are. Yeah. And I go nuts because I see so many kids who are anxious, afraid, don't want to try new things. Um, one, because we do everything for them. So, so stop doing that. Yeah. Don't cut your kids' meat. They can use a knife. Yeah. Can happen. So it totally happen. But my uh, my daughter had a group of friends over, and they were doing this really cute, goofy, you know, thing that they were doing like an awards. They wanted to do this awards party, but the takeaway from it was they were having a chat and they started bringing up topics, and everyone was answering. So, what are you most afraid of? And I am not kidding. I heard. So many little voices. And I was trying to be like invisible, you know, without looking like they wouldn't notice me because mm-hmm. um, I was I was really in the same room. They kept saying they were nervous about being kidnapped. Someone no breaking kidding. into their house. No someone kidding. stealing them. Someone. I was like, why? Why? Why are you afraid that I didn't say it? This? I'm like, but I do say it when I get the chance. When someone when a kid says something. You know, and I'm like, why is someone stealing you? <laughs> like, why is this happening? Um, but they, even though statistically, that is an extremely remote possibility. Um, it's it's top of mind. Yeah. And on these little minds. And yeah. mind you, these little minds that were in my kitchen are living in a bubble. Like, truly. Yeah. It's, it's suburbia. I'm not, you know, I'm not living near a federal prison where someone might be breaking out and coming near us. I, I don't even know what, I don't know where these things come from, but I know it's, it's not just coming from them. They're hearing it from, from adults, from grownups. They're being warned that as a way to control kids from doing stuff. And it makes me crazy. Yeah. I, I, it's wow, funny because really passionate about that. no, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of juice I was looking for on the big podcast. Let me tell you the, um, <laughs> Spiking the needle on that it's, one. Listen, it's better than talking about scripture, but that's okay. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um, the so I fight the opposite in this house. My kids started with major shenanigan bullshit. So here's what's funny about my kids: it my kids are just as a, my kids in, envelop a lot of the fear because I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, and yeah. I, and I too live in an area where they can literally leave the house at nine o'clock. Maybe they come back and cut their own meat at noon, but they can pretty much stay out all day. But my kids, because my kids started with some inherent adult, stupid, 
fitness, they they right. they fight other kids' fears. Like that, like, and I think that's just the funniest thing. Like when they hear kids, because I I swear to you, I've heard the same conversation about the kidnapping thing that you did. <laughs> I swear to God, and I can hear. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I, I same thing, and I can hear my kids like I like my especially my daughter who's 18. My daughter will say the same thing, but kind of like, you know, kind of come along your son with that they're doing crazy things. Because my daughter will yell out, hell, you have no idea. And for the record, there's only a few of them. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, it's like, it's kind of the opposite thing on how they do that. But I totally agree. Everybody relax. My, my God, we're so pent up. It's like our underwear is too tight. What's, uh, well, you know what? It's, it's true. And if I can go on this, this other point, um, I went up to the middle school. I had to drop something off for my son. Oh, no, I had to pick him up. Anyway, no one cares. But I was there. And in the lobby, this mom, now this is middle school, this mom had gone into the office to talk to the front office about her daughter had to cross the street because there's a church across the street and went in there to ask how that was going to work because they had changed like some carpool drop off. Now, my elementary school child, who is younger, is also going cross street to the church. You know, I told her, just cross the street. <laughs> just figure it out. You see the church, get there. Right. But I'm like, here this mom is walking into the office to figure out what, like, the crossing the street and what's going to be involved in this. And I'm like, this is a middle schooler. Like, they'll figure it out. they got to cross the street. Well, it's going to be okay. Not a highway. I, the street, like re- literally. Remember I'm this? Like, can't handle it. In the '70s, there was a phrase called "latchkey kid," and I used to laugh. Oh at, yeah. I used to laugh at that because I was latchkey before there was ever a latch. You know what I mean? It was like I, I was roaming <laughs> the damn streets when I can, honest to God, remember. Honest to God, I was seven years old. I can remember walking across town to go grab some bubble gum at the shop and then would walk Absolutely. back. And nobody knew where that who that where the hell I was all day. Nobody did. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> and look at you today, JR. See, hence that's my that. argument. Yeah, We're I know. all that's, gonna be fine. <laughs> that's a damn good point. That's a damn good point. See, it's all good. It's like that's the second time in the podcast I've gone, oh holy crap, that's a good little moment right there. Um Okay. Uh, okay, so, well, so so Yeah. So, so obviously I feel pretty passionately about that. That that's a that's a little bit. I think we're damaging and we're stunting any sort of growth in our kids. What and, and I'm guilty of it too. I'm not like, you know, I'm not I'm not perfect, but man, I have to remind myself, like they're totally capable. What's, uh, give me some practical. Okay. So that's a great thing. Give me the practical, like if there's a mom or a dad out there and they're and the whole riding the bike thing is a great point. What's the practical letting go? Like, how do you fight through the fear? How do you fight through the worry? How do you fight through the anxiety to let your kid get out there and spread his wings? What do you do besides drinking well, wine? You give them a device, of course, so you can track their every movement. <laughs> <laughs> An ankle bracelet is the practical advice. And, and by the way, just to give you an idea of how, like, uh, how you know hypocritical we can all be about this because as much as I, I as much freedom as I try to give them, which is like riding their own bike and all that stuff, I did just get an alert on my phone saying my daughter is like reasonably close to the house. <laughs> That's great. But what's funny is they asked me to put this app on their phone. 
So does, they could, well, they all, everyone's got find your friends, give an apple, but. Does every, wait, 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 Life 360, wait, does every, how, wait, first, how old are your kids? How old is everybody? So the, the one that I just got alerted to is a fifth grader and she just got a, a phone. So she, so she's in fifth grade and she has a phone. She's in fifth grade and she has a phone. Wow. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. My, yeah, I know. And you know what's funny about that? I thought I'd be the same way. Um, but I kind of wanted them to get a, well, there's a couple things. One, I do legitimately, like, I've been playing football this fall, and she rides her bike to and from practice. And it was dark. It was like 8 o'clock at night when practice was over. And she had her pads and her helmet, and her teammate was like, Timu, are you riding home in the dark? <laughs> she, like, turned her light on her bike and was like, yep. Oh, she was. Who like, yeah, is say like, that's right? She's what are the home. what are the but, Sullivans doing? What's wrong with them? <laughs> you know what? Totally, I completely, I'm completely getting judged right and left, um, and that's okay. That's that's all right. I don't I don't mind that. So anyway, yeah, I was like, you know, I probably should give them, you know, a phone so so they can uh, reach me if they need to. Are they and, are they and, on social media? Know. Are they all on social media? No, they're on my, they're obsessed with getting on Instagram, but they're not on Instagram. Good. Um, Good. But they will go onto my account. However, I'll tell you, there are these kids are sneaky and, um, and not in like a mean way, but there's a thing that used to be called Musical.ly. Now it's called TikTok. You might be aware of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But almost all these things that you think are cool, not all of them, but there's many of them. They contain a social component. So unless you, unless you're vigilant and downloading, if you agree to download something, you got to make sure that they aren't engaging in the social component of it. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, like I got even you. some of these games because you can play with a stranger. But it's like I didn't even realize, you know, till like the third kid, I was like, oh, I got disabled it. Or what? It's just you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. If I anything, may... learn technology so you can. So you can help limit it because it's, it's really frustrating. Yeah. I, I, we made, Di and I made huge, huge mistakes with Mia and, uh, with giving her a phone We just ma- every freaking possible mistake. And I thought, I thought I was pretty damn good at it. Um, but we made big mistakes with Mia. So we readjusted with the two boys and the two boys will not like, this is me and die. They will not get smartphones <laughs> maybe until they're yeah. graduated high school. Um, but you know, it's like, it, good I, for I, you. That's a hard thing to stick to. Dude, I, I'm in it. I'm in it right now. I have a 15 and a 14 year old who look at me when we start talking about cell phones and they're like, what the hell is wrong with you? So my, here, here, here's my 15 year old. This is honest to God what he said to me. He said, how am I supposed to call you? And I said, well, I would imagine every one of your damn friends has got a smartphone, so use theirs. <laughs> wow. So I'll it, tell you what. I give you a lot of credit. That's really hard. Oh, I'm hardcore on it. I, because, listen, we made... We just made tremendous mistakes. I don't put it on Mia. Like a lot of people who've got like, because I get a lot of parents, man, who want to, I have a lot of parents who I do sessions with that want to talk about their teenage 
their teenagers' digital use. And I look right back at them and I say, first rule of thumb is it's your problem. And then we're going to move into their behavior. But they have to understand that if when you give a, it's not, we're not giving anybody a phone. We're giving them a computer. That's what it is. Like we, in our generation. Really? Terrifying. It's terrifying. And so they have access like you have access. And for the record, cognitively, when they start exploring, they don't cognitively explore the way you do or the way I do. <laughs> they they just go at it. So we made big mistakes. But suffice it to say, suffice it to say, that's a big ass thing that parents have to deal with in 2019, man. That's like just that's giant. It's a giant thing. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and and I end up just feeling really, I mean, if you want to feel like a failure as a parent, at least for me, <laughs> it comes to the technology part where I yeah. just go, you know, and, and here's the other thing. You forget about all those other devices you have. And, uh, the, you know, the term the burner phone, which used to mean like a totally different phone. But, uh, you know, that little iPod that they might have had. It's just a cell phone without cellular, yeah. you know, it's a computer in there. Yeah. And if that's dashed away in their drawer and you take away their cellular device, they can still go on the Wi-Fi and chat. I mean, oh, yeah, dude, whole it's, thing. yeah. The okay. Whole thing. Um, 30 minutes is 30 minutes. So part of the exercise too, is at the end of these lovely phone calls, uh, I look back at you and I go, Hey man, you like, I thought about this phone call, obviously after I asked you to do it and I I cannot tell you what it means to know that you're in my life, how much I love you, how much I care for you. You have meant so much to me. You have always, always brought laughter and joy and inspiration. And, um, man, I tell you, I just appreciate our years together. I love that we can touch base whenever the hell we feel like it and pick up like we've never left one another. I am so grateful for you and your husband and your family and all the success you've had. And I just want you to know how much I love you and care for you and appreciate our time. Oh, you're the sweetest. The feeling could not be more mutual. And that's always such a joy to be able to be like, oh, yeah, like no time has passed. But really, time passes. It's crazy. Yeah. And I love you. Thank you so much for thinking of me. All right, babe. We'll this fifteenth or fourteenth day into January. <laughs> Th- thanks for finally thinking of me, asshole. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> All right, Carol Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend out of Nashville, Tennessee. Her husband. How about that? How about that crazy lifestyle? Being an NFL coach, huh? Huh? You think you got stuff going on, right? Yeah. I always wonder what coaches talk about when they're not talking about football. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I never knew nothing about football. I like watching it like playoffs, like Super Bowl, like the commercials. <laughs> All right. Join me tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, when we will be on day 17 of the big social media fast with another guest. I am J.R. Mann, and man, do I love you. And I'm a spiritual director and mentor. And if you need me, I can do relationships and I can do profession and I can do what's going on with your faith. And we sit down and we talk. I do hour sessions with people. I also run a little thing called Tabletop Ministries where we provide pastoral care and spiritual direction to those who can't afford traditional therapy and counseling. Uh, So see Tabletop online. You can link it. uh, Get the link on my website at chairman.com. You can call me. You can write me. But let's do it soon. I love you so very much. We'll see you tomorrow. 